0: Help us hear the message you have for each of us today. May you touch our hearts and make us new as we lean into you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew 22 starts with Jesus telling a parable of the banquet. A king was giving a banquet for his son, and invitations were sent to all of his guests, but they refused. This is representative of Jesus being the gift and being rejected by his chosen people. The king sent more messengers out to reinvite these same guests they were told all about the food that would be provided to them but they still refused and in this case they became angry and violent and put some of the messengers to death this part of the story is representative of the many prophets and teachers that god sent to tell his people about jesus and all he was sent to give them however many of these were killed as well Then we read about the man who came to the banquet without proper clothing, who was immediately put out into the darkness. This was representative of all those who will attempt to get into heaven, but have not accepted the Son of God as their Messiah. Lastly, the king decides to invite everyone to his banquet. This is representative of Jesus' sacrifice being offered to the Gentile nations, which means the beneficiaries being myself and possibly you. The key to partaking of this banquet or heavenly kingdom is our acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. May we ask God to continue to ready us for his kingdom. Verse 32 is underlined in my Bible. Jesus refers to Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, where God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. As we study our Bibles, we see that even Jesus refers to God as God referred to himself in the Old Testament. God blessed these men greatly on earth, and they are with him in heaven today. Jesus also gives them the great commandment and the golden rule as we know it today. Verse 37 and 39, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. So verse, or chapter 22, is a powerful chapter in the New Testament. Let's see what's happening in in Acts chapter 22 as well. Paul gives his testimony to the people, his fellow countrymen, about how he became a Christian and was sent to the Gentile nations. I am amazed at his story every time we read it. A man who was persecuting Christians was used by God in such a powerful way to eventually bring others to Christ. This version includes a vision, a vision where Jesus talked to him and told him he'd have to leave Jerusalem because the people there wouldn't be able to receive his testimony. They only knew him as the man who persecuted Christians. And this is a perfect example of when Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Out of Matthew chapter 13 verse 57. Paul would be highly used in the Gentile nations. However, when Paul told the crowd about the Gentiles, they went from a silence to an uproar, so much so that the commandant ordered Paul to be brought back to the jail. He was about to be flogged when he told the guard he was a Roman citizen. Roman citizenship was very prestigious in that day. Before the Roman Empire became an empire, everyone who lived in the city was a citizen. Then it was only given to those who did something amazing for Rome. Some people actually purchased their citizenship. I guess money talked back then as it still does today. Nevertheless, it was unlawful for a Roman citizen to be flogged before a trial. So the centurion went to tell the commandant who questioned Paul further on the matter. The next day, he was brought before the chief priests in Sanhedrin council, and we shall see what happens to Paul tomorrow. Let's see what's happening with Joseph and his family in Genesis chapter 43. Well, Joseph's family is running out of food. So Jacob, or Israel as he is now called, finally agrees to send his last son by Rachel with the half-brothers to obtain food. This was the condition with which Joseph will see them. They brought double the money and gifts for Joseph as Israel had advised them to. Joseph gave orders to have a banquet prepared for them in his own. They, of course, thought a plot was formed against them. However, they were brought into his home with the utmost of grace, even a washing of their feet and provision for their donkeys. Interestingly, when the brothers were brought into Joseph's presence, they bowed to him once again. So just as Joseph dreamed his brothers would bow down to him one day, it had come to pass on two separate occasions. Another interesting part of this story is the love Joseph had for his brother Benjamin, demonstrated by the tears he shed alone in his room. He cried on the first occasion as well. His heart was still soft, you see, towards his family, even though they tried to harm him in the most degrading way possible. A theme I see in the Bible is that a hard heart leads to a lack of understanding and peace, two things which are so important for us as we are led by God. It is nearly impossible to be led by God with a hard heart. Joseph shows us that even in the most difficult of circumstances, he didn't falter in his faith, his love for his family, or wisdom, or understanding. He needed his faith, understanding, wisdom, discernment, and leadership abilities to be able to be the second in command of all of Egypt, a perfect example of what the enemy means for our demise, but God can do and use for our good. Let us pray that God keeps our hearts soft towards him so we can be used by him. In chapter 44, Joseph devises a plan to deceive his brothers with a bit of folly. Let's remember that Joseph is a wise man, so we must trust in what he plans to do here. No spoiler alerts, though. I simply want to point out one thing. His half-brother Judah makes a plea to Joseph. He wants to trade himself for Joseph's slave in place of Benjamin and asks to speak to him alone. Let's remember here that Judah also dissuaded his brothers from killing Joseph by offering an alternative, selling him to the Ishmaelites. He also was the one who took full responsibility for Benjamin talking to his father, saying he would keep him safe. We will see what unfolds as the plot thickens in chapter 45 tomorrow. Psalm 22 is what we call a messianic psalm. They're prophetic in nature. We can clearly see the end of Jesus' life and his crucifixion being written about here in this psalm. While David was also in anguish, the verses changed to become prophetic in nature, starting somewhere in verse 13 until the end. David's struggle written about is either when he was being pursued by King Saul or his son Absalom. It's not clear which of these situations he is actually experiencing, but we know he is in distress. We also know that God is victorious He is victorious in both David's difficulties and as Jesus won the battle over death and sin on the cross. We can praise God for his greatness. We can also feel and empathize with the great pain Jesus suffered while on the cross, both emotional and physical. God shows his amazing love for us as he sent his son to die for us so we could be close to him. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our God, thank you for sending your son to save us from our sins. Help us never take for granted the painful painful sacrifice that was made to ensure our place with you. Lord, thank you for your word that continues to teach us more about you and your ways. May you help us understand you and receive the kind of love you have for us as we read about the great sacrifice made for us. In Jesus' name, amen.